0: me if you would to the gospel of Mark chapter 7 and we will be reading Mark chapter 7 verses 24 to 30. 24 to 30. I'll begin reading chapter 7 verse 24. And from there he arose And went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know yet he could not be hidden but immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet now the woman was a Gentile a Syrophoenician by birth and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter and he said to her and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. The unnamed Gentile woman in our text this morning stands out. She doesn't stand out for the sorts of reasons that we might find impressive. She's not the strongest. She doesn't mention her good looks here. Doesn't mention her wisdom, although she was wise. The reason that this woman stands out because of her humble, and persistent faith in her Lord. She recognized Jesus as Lord and she submitted to Him and trusted Him. She stands out because she was willing to be humble to take the place of the least for she had no other plea here. She had no other hope, no other place to go. Nothing else to trust in except the grace of God. So we're told in verse 24 that Jesus arose and went away. He went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, predominantly Gentile region. And uh, these two cities have a great history in the Uh, in the scriptures, and and, uh, animosity against the people of God. But Jesus goes there, and he went there to get away. In verse 25, we're told that hearing him, this woman came and fell at his feet. God in his kindness saw to it that this woman here met her Lord. It was an unlikely meeting. But it came about. Even though Christ had come to get away. Word gets out. And this woman comes by the grace of God to seek help from Jesus. Why did she come? She came because her daughter had an unclean spirit. Her daughter desperately needed help. You know, there's a wonderful principle here. Because in times of trouble, the grace of God often seems veiled. he seems so far away. How could there be anything good in this? But God is working. God uses even the work of demons. He uses this woman's troubles. He takes. The troubled circumstances of our lives and through them, he brings people to Jesus. From all walks of life and in all places. He works through some trial. So that people would lay their lives at his feet. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. The kindness of God, that He would take even a horrible circumstance. Now, I'm not saying that the work of demons and demons possessing people and this kind of stuff is bad or is good and sickness is hard. But when it brings us to Jesus, we can rejoice that He would use those things to take us to Him and to find. His kindness and his mercy there. And yet when this woman comes to Christ, it doesn't seem a kindness, not right away. Jesus' words fall quite rough and hard on her ears. He does not seem so nice as we might imagine him to be but he knew what she needed to hear. Jesus teaches a parable in verse 27 saying, this is what he says to her when she begs for help. He says, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Jesus often speaks in parables and the people have trouble understanding. We'll see in a moment, this woman understands. There's a a clear message here. But one thing's immediately clear. It sounds an awful lot like a no, not you. It sounds very offensive to our ears. And it would have been a stumbling block for many Gentiles to hear that. For they were the, the dogs. And the children were the the Jewish people. This is the way that the Jewish person would think of a Gentile. We'll talk about what Jesus means here. But the first thing that I think we should notice is that Jesus is not concerned with niceness first. At all. He's concerned with truth and with love and compassion. And he's not concerned with political correctness. He could have said something more kind about the Gentile peoples. Used a nicer term, but he doesn't do that here. And so many times we try to remove the scandal. We try to package the truth with a pretty little bow. But no matter what way we we slice it, no matter what way we package it, Christ himself is a stumbling block for the proud to trip over. Always, all the time. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians, who were a proud church, he said that, Christ is a stumbling block to the Jews. They seek after signs. We're going to see that next week. What do the Pharisees want? A sign. And the Greeks, they want wisdom. And they think it's foolish that God would come and die on a cross to save people from their sins. And so it's a stumbling block. Christ himself is to the proud, to those that are not willing to humble themselves under Jesus Christ as their Lord. It's only those that submit to his word that will stand. Now we should talk for a moment about the meaning of Jesus' parable because I I recognize that it is a... uh, Perhaps a difficult saying to to think about. Jesus' parable really teaches that there is a proper order. This was understood. This is uh, prophesied even in the Old Testament. Uh, We know that from the very beginning, the promise uh, of God and the call of God to Abraham uh, was that he would be a blessing to all the nations. But God chose Abraham the people of Abraham and his descendants, through whom would come the Messiah. And that Messiah would be a blessing to all peoples. But he would come first to his own people. And so Jesus says that the children, the Jews, must be fed first. As he puts it, you don't throw the children's food to the dogs, the Gentiles. At this time. And by those words, let the children be fed first, there's a hint of blessings to come. There's a hint of the, the full inclusion of, of all peoples in the kingdom of God. But there is a sense in which it is not yet, not at that point. In Jesus' ministry, was he going uh, primarily to these uh, regions? This week and next week are really the only parts in in, uh, Mark's gospel other than when he went and he healed the demon-possessed man and they rejected him, the Gentiles did. These are the only three stories, parts, where Jesus goes to the Gentile peoples. That was not the focus of his ministry. So we need to understand that Paul also would say in Romans chapter one, that the gospel is first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And Paul was a apostle to the Gentiles. He was called by God to go to those who had not known him, who did not have his word, who did not have the promises that God had given to Abraham. But it was not yet that time when the grace of God would be poured out in abundance on people of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Now listen to the woman's response. We have to understand, we read it, you know that Jesus is going to show mercy to this woman. He's going to show grace to her. And it's all the more wonderful when we realize that this wasn't Jesus primary purpose at that time he didn't primarily come to preach to the Gentiles grace was going to come to them but here is a foretaste a crumb if you will of that grace because God is not going to hold back his kindness from the one who humbles himself before listen to the woman's response verse 28 yes Lord yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs she understood something here the disciples had trouble getting the disciples have seen Jesus feed They will see him do it yet again. But they did not understand the significance of what Jesus did. That he could provide living bread himself. He was their Lord and their God, their creator and their provider. This woman understood what Jesus was saying she does not argue with his verdict she doesn't say but Lord I've been a good Gentile you should make an exception for me she doesn't bargain but Lord maybe I'll I'll become a Jewish convert and I'll serve your God she doesn't try those kinds of tactics She agrees with her Lord. She acknowledges herself to be in a place that is undeserving, a place that right now, apart from the Lord's grace, she is without hope. And she took that lowest place. She doesn't argue with the vile and lowly title of a dog. She says, yes, Lord. But she comes as a beggar for grace. Knowing that God will will give it. That he will be gracious. Do you know if we wish to receive grace from God, we won't get it by contradicting Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. And what he says is right and what he says is true, no matter how hard it may seem at first. When God says to the psalmist, Psalm 14, verse one, there is none who does good. And again, when he says to the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah 59, verses seven and eight, their feet are swift to shed blood, he said of the people of Israel we too must say, yes, Lord. We should really think that it's the greatest wonder in the world that I have a place at the Lord's table, even if it's under it. I think of the attitude of David. He was the king of Israel. And he said, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the presence of my God it's better to serve him. Any position, I'll take it. He didn't care about being king than to dwell with the wicked and to be apart from God. That's the attitude that this woman had. She would take whatever the Lord would give and what the Lord gives is great and it is good. But if we think that we are beholden to God's favor, we'll get none of it. It's only the one that acknowledges they have no rights to grace that will receive grace. His love is a gift. Thank the Lord that it is because if we're dependent on us, we'd be left with nothing. Do we realize how any part in God's kingdom is better than we deserve? And God's grace is greater than all our sin well the woman agrees with jesus she's willing to accept his word even the hardness of it but even as she agrees she lays hold of the truth that there may well be crumbs left over she's not trying to raise herself up here she's not contradicting jesus But she understands within Jesus' own words. And in his kingdom, there's room for crumbs of grace to fall. For the dogs to eat. There's room for whoever would humble themselves before God. And submit to him as their Lord. He has a place for them. It's not going to be taking away from the children to give some crumbs to the dog under the table. It happens naturally. Kids are messy. What happens? The dog eats the crumbs. So praise God if I can be a dog who receives of the kindness of God. And that he would take someone. You might say, I'm, "I feel like a dog." You might say that. You might just feel worthless, or I feel like a worm. But he makes. <laughs> Job said that he was pretty low down in his in the pit of despair. But that God make us his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. In accepting that low place, this woman is exalted. She's commended in the Gospel of Matthew as one of two people that Jesus says is you of great faith. Great is your faith. And the Lord says that of someone. Pay attention. He gives her what she desired, what she needed most desperately, what she longed for. He says, For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter, and she goes home. She trusts Jesus. She has to leave trusting. And what did she find lying in the bed? Her little girl. And the demon was gone. There's grace for anyone of humble faith. Like this woman willing to lay aside their pride. Whoever would accept Christ's word, whoever would rely on him alone, will eat the bread of God's kindness. And what's a crumb to him is a feast for us. The riches of his mercy, Ephesians talks about when it talks about our salvation, dead in sin, saved by grace. God's riches of mercy and of kindness are immeasurable. Paul said to the church in Corinth in chapter one, not many of you were wise. According to worldly standards, not by what people think is wise and smart. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Why? So that it would be evident our only boast is Christ. He's the only reason we have a leg to stand. on. None of that stuff matters. Wealth or heritage or power or knowledge. It's all his grace. Our only hope is as we sang this morning that the Lord is my salvation. And so that song then leads us to say who is like the Lord. Right, and to praise him. Did you know that heaven's hosts will not sing your praises? What do they sing? They sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive honor and wealth and wisdom and might and glory. Blessing. John records for us in Revelation 3 or 5, 13. I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, the whole world acknowledging this. To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Christ is worthy of all our praise. And all that we've talked about this morning invites the question, are you willing to be humbled before Him? Are you willing to take the lowest place to receive whatever He would give? Grace of God is given to the least. And it is far greater than anything we could ever imagine.